and you know what happened? I played Flight Simulator, and I forgot to post. <laughs> It, more twists than a pretzel factory, and I'm loving it. <laughs> it's just a great series. They're like, my Colorado at the end is going to look nothing like your Colorado. <laughs> no, there he is. Took him a little bit. And I was like, Craig, join podcast. And it was like five seconds went by. Like, God damn it, Craig. <laughs> Put down the alcohol. <laughs> I don't want to. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Retro Rents Retro Gaming Podcast. It is our 63rd episode, and I am Al. I'm Nick. And, uh, yeah, I just gotta make a quick apology. Uh, there was a little bit of a mix-up, uh, about the past two weeks. Uh, basically, we recorded about three weeks ago. I edited the day after, had everything rock and rolling, ready to go. Uh, and I was gonna post it on my lunch break at work, and you know what happened? I played Flight Simulator, and I forgot <laughs> to post the episode. And, uh, yeah, and I didn't realize it. Until I was looking at, like, our Google feed, and I'm like, how come, like, that's the episode we did a while ago. Where's the other one? Where's the you kids in your USB ports episode? <laughs> and and, uh, and then I was like, oh, fuck, I never posted it. <laughs> it's all edited, all ready to go, just sitting there. I, I was like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> so, yeah, that came out a little later. I will not forget that this weekend, uh, and we'll be, we'll be good to go. But what have you been up to, dude? Uh, just more of the usual, just, you know, it kind of playing, uh, you know, the same kind of sets of games. Not, nothing really new for me. I don't know. It, it feels weird because you know, I feel like I'm like, in, I was in this like little bit of a lull, you know, or, little lull before we get into like, I think we're at the, we're at the tip of it now. It's kind of the fall yeah. slash, you know, getting into the holiday season of stuff. And I, I think I'm going to just break down and, and get some some uh, Game Pass Xbox or on Xbox, but uh, PC. Just get the fucking Game Pass. Yeah, the Microsoft Game Pass is like because like all the crazy stuff's coming out. And it's like, yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's Jesus beginning. I might even be able to use my, my, my employee discount and get you a fucking deal on it if you're going to be a squirrel about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, it, I'll tell you, like, it's kind of an unsung hero right now, in my opinion. Like, Xbox Game Pass is great. Uh, I love it. But nobody really gives the PC one a lot of love. And it's not, it's not that people are downing it or anything. I just don't see uh, people talking about it. Because I got to be honest with you, like, it's a great selection of games. And there's a lot of stuff that's on there that's exclusive to the PC. And there's some really great titles. I mean, there's some crossover ones. And the really cool thing is that the majority of the ones that are on both Xbox and PC the saves are transferable between the two. So, like, you could go play on your computer, and it's like, I'm going to go lounge in the living room, play on my Xbox, play the same game, and it's the same save game, and, you know, you just pick right up where you left off. But, um... I mean, I almost feel like we're, we're getting to the point, because when it was first introduced, what was it, last year, I think it was, right? Uh, After E3? Uh, was it last year, really? I think so. I don't know. Something like that, but... Maybe. I mean, no, no. It, been like... Uh, maybe maybe a yeah. little earlier because uh, like Sea of Thieves was part of it, and that that goes way back to it. Yeah, it had to, no, it couldn't have been last year. Right, it had to be, be like, before yeah, that. That's two years eight, ago. Yeah. Eighteen, yeah. 
because uh, Sea of Thieves, I want to say, was one of the very first games they had on there. Yep. Yeah. And a whole bunch of indie titles and whatnot. They've been slowly adding more and more. And I, I think it's also gotten to the point where it's kind of hit kind of a, a critical mass, if you will, because it, you know, it's starting to get a lot of like big name games into it. Because like when it first started off, when we first saw it, like, oh, this is, this, you know, this is great, you know, subscription for gaming service, like it makes sense, but they had a ton of little indie titles, which isn't bad, but it's, you know, you're, you got to admit the main draw is, you know, AAA games. And yeah, I, uh, I think it wasn't the Microsoft published ones. Exactly. Ones exactly. Exactly. And I don't think it was until at least within this last year where we got uh, like, you know, out, the Outer Worlds was in there. That was a big one. Yep. Um, and obviously, <laughs> as of recently, you know, uh, Red Dead uh, passed through there. Is yeah, it still Red on there, Dead I think? Too. Yeah. Yeah. Red yeah, Dead 2. Still on there. Outer Wilds went on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, but now we're to like Flight Sim. Uh, I, I th- I th- well, and that's. But that's one thing, though, that Microsoft said from the very beginning with Game Pass was that any Microsoft-published game or game published in their, like, family of companies they bought would always come to Game Pass day of release. Yeah. And well, I think it's just the fact that and these, now those these are, are hitting. All, yeah, yeah. Th- now they're hitting, and now it's like it, yeah, it's hit that critical mass of like, yeah, we have all these other titles, we have all these indie titles, which is great. That means you can you know check out these little guys. Uh, you know, I, I don't say for free, but you know, all the, as part of the subscription. And but you also have these big hit titles where it's like, yeah, people are going to want to play these, and like it's you know it's a yeah. it's hit out of the gate. It's like yes, that that's the way to do it. Obviously, if you really like it, you know, uh, I guess you could you could look to buy it. I suppose. Yeah, I doubt yeah, they would you take can, it because out. They're not there forever. They're not, you know, a lot. I mean, aside from the Microsoft, Mike, so, yeah, except for the Microsoft one, yeah. So uh, obviously, it gives you give, lets you preview it, yeah. Uh, and then you can say, okay, yeah, I want to keep playing this, and if it ever goes out, then you know, obviously have forever on whatever platform. But you know, it like yeah, and I th- I think it's finally hit that point. I think there's still you yeah. know a lot more coming in the pipe oh, and it's yeah. like it's gonna be great and the best part is if you do want to buy it it's almost always at a really decent discount like it's it, you're not buying it at full price either yeah like, you have like it's like their intro you know uh months or year or whatever is you know cheaper than normal and then and following years will be kind of normal price i guess no 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 no. i'm talking about the games like if you decide oh, the games themselves the game it's oh, kind of oh. like how gamefly did it like you know how gamefly mm. you could rent it and you could buy it kind of cheaper i see yeah uh, yeah they kind of do the same thing like i i've i've gotten games for as much as 15 bucks off and, and I, I think there's other like discounts on like the microtransactions and things i know i've seen uh, you know i'll get a reference see if these uh because you know again still playing that and uh like they're they're microtransaction system is like you can get a discount if you're if it's through uh game pass so it's game like pass. i don't know yeah. 10 15 off or whatever so it's like yeah it makes sense and i've i've said this before i know i have uh people can shit on on this generation of xbox and microsoft for not having great exclusive titles i don't think they care about that i think that's pretty <laughs> obvious <laughs> um, they really don't need it <laughs> they don't need it because they have easily built in my opinion, the best game subscription service I've ever used. It's simple. It's easy to find cool new stuff. It tracks what you download and starts recommending shit you might like. And normally those engines kind of suck for me because I have ADD of the game and I'll play pretty much everything. <laughs> but, it's, 
it's recommended some really cool stuff I probably wouldn't have downloaded. Like Carrion is a great example of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I'd seen it. I was like, yeah, I remember we saw this at PAX. It was, it's kind of neat. I don't think it's my thing. And it's like, no, we'd really think you'd like this uh, based on this, this, and this. Uh, and it was showing me some of the Metroid, you know, Vania games I played. And I was like, okay. And I downloaded it and I fucking loved it. I'm still playing it. Like it's, it's one of those, like I'm still going back to, it's a little, as far as Metroidvanias go, it's a little bit too puzzly for me, but I'm also being stubborn with it. Like, I don't want to look up walkthroughs on this game just because there's a yeah, lot just, of neat. Play it naturally, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of neat reveals to it, and I just don't want to read too far into it. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll work on it and chip away at it. But then, like, you have Microsoft doing what is easily now their biggest uh, exclusive title. Uh, and it's probably been their best in years, and that's Flight Sim 2020. Um, yeah. Holy shit. Um, I okay. So <laughs> where to <did it> start? <laughs> wow, wow. Um, obviously, if you've watched YouTube videos, uh, streams, uh, yes, it does look that good. Um, I have a pretty beastly gaming machine. I built it after I started working at the new job. And, or no, I built this. I forget when the fuck I built this. But um, it's a recent computer, so it can run it just fine. And it is a gorgeous game. Like, I, I have never seen a flight sim look this good. And now you have where they're interlinking some streaming to it for live weather services, which I have my beef with. And and y'all that listen to this, like if it's something maybe misconfigured on my machine or it's a bug in the game or something I need to do to get past this hiccup, but like if I do a live weather, like it doesn't show any precipitation. It's just really weird. Cause like I flew into Hurricane Laura and uh I was expecting to get, you know, blown out of the sky and thrown in the ocean. And uh <laughs> It was three knots of wind, and it was just a big, thick blanket of clouds. Looked cool as fuck. Like, let's get that out of the way. Like, I I flew up to about... I was in a jet. Flew up to about 20,000 feet and was above the hurricane. And that was some of the most beautiful um, cloud coverage, just effects. Whatever you want to call it, man. Like... It's probably the closest I'd ever get to seeing, like, the top of a hurricane. And it was just mind-blowing. And I think that's where uh, Flight Sim 2020 really, really shines. Like, I, I, was, I think I was talking to you about this, Nick, and I was talking to a couple other people uh, at my job. And, I'm, I, you know, I went out and I got the HOTAS set up. I got, a, you know, a throttle pad, you know, a pad with a Thrustmaster mm-hmm. throttle, and I got the Thrustmaster uh, control stick. and where I find this game to be wicked, wicked zen is, you know, in the COVID world right now, traveling is not uh, a recommended thing to do. And granted, I wasn't traveling much since I had kids. Um, it's just we really haven't been in a spot to do that until I, I had gotten a new job. And then just as we were kind of like, all right, we took care of all the big shit that we've been needing to take care of that we just couldn't do you know, in a check-to-check life, and we're just about getting ready to plan a vacation, and then fucking the virus hits. So, 
you know, it became one of those like, man, I really want to do something. I really want to travel now and go somewhere and I can't. And this game hits. And I was like, I, I remember we were, we were talking about it on the last show. I had started making a list of like, if I could go anywhere and I could fly anywhere, what <laughs> yeah, do I want to see? Places to go. You know, what do I want to see? Um, I flew, so let's see. I have not gone to the Hobbit set yet, even though I oh, said that was my first. I thought that was going to be your first, yeah. I tried to find it, um, but I sucked at navigation, uh, and that should not have been my first attempt. I'm much better now. Like I literally got to the point where I found the local airfield uh, down in the town where I live, Nick, which is literally a cornfield, uh, <laughs> and followed all the roads that you've driven to get to the house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And flew to the house. Um, it was a trip. And... But I guess I could probably find it now. But then I started picking out other stuff that I wanted to see. I flew over um, what I'm pretty sure based on what I was looking at, the Weta Workshop. I, I went and flew over that in New Zealand. Uh, I almost felt like I could see them making props. Uh, but the, <laughs> the cities are beautiful. I flew over the Sydney Opera House at night. I flew over... Uh, what, let's see some of the cool stuff I checked out. I checked out... Um, I think I sent you the picture of it. I flew by uh, the Tower of London. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna, I was gonna free some prisoners with a nosedive. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's absolutely stunning. Um, anywhere you can imagine, you can go, and it is just based on artificial intelligence, uh, cloud AI, streaming some really wicked artificial intelligence they have to actually reconstruct cities based on satellite mapping. Um, and it's, I mean, it's not perfect. I mean, I thought our local CVS because of how big it was, was a giant warehouse. So I mean, <laughs> not perfect, but you got the idea. Um, but it's an absolutely gorgeous game and you can literally pull up the uh, free flight mode, which is literally a picture of the earth. And if you have live weather on, you can actually see the fucking weather that's all around the world. Like, Hurricane Laura was a giant fucking hurricane in the middle of the Gulf. Um, and you can just click in the middle of the ocean if you want and say, set as arrival, or as, you know, uh, destination. destination. Set as destination. And that's where you start. And you can just fly to your heart's content. So you run out of fuel, or you can set fuel to unlimited and uh, see just how dedicated you are to try to fly around the world in one city. I don't recommend it. Um, San Francisco from Philly was enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I, was, uh, there, I think there's, uh, you know, I, again, it, 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 I always find it intriguing when, you know, you know a game is like, I, I wouldn't think it would be as popular as this, but I think if, if this game had released under any other conditions, it probably wouldn't have. But I, th- I think you're right. I think it's because of COVID I agree that this game has become as popular as it is just for the very reason like, of like, like you, animal you, crossing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you can travel in, 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 in a, in an age when we cannot travel. Yeah. And it's like, it's as close to real as you can imagine. I mean, I flew over our local ski resort and it was just like, Oh my God. Like, it, this is so spot on. Like, it's just beautiful. And it just makes you like, well, what's all the other stuff in the world I wanted to see? 
Like I, I did a nice lap around Christ the Redeemer in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like, oh, and then I, I thought of you, Nick, and our, our internship. Uh, and the first time I met you and I took off in a puddle jumper out of New Delhi. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I mean, I've always had a respect for you. But after taking off out of there, holy shit, dude, my hat's off. Um, it's wow. nuts, isn't it? <laughs> wow. That is a crazy airfield. Um, and But I'll tell you what, though. Uh, from the air, that's a beautiful city. Um, and I will, but I will say, uh, a more depressing experience, uh, that I had, because again, I'm just a, a, a hobbyist of history and, and goings on in the world. I took off out of Pyongyang airport oh. in North Korea mm-hmm. and I flew South and flew over Pyongyang. I'm still waiting for North Korea to like find a way to cancel that. So we can't do it anymore. <laughs> um, but it's it's kind of it was kind of depressing because like flying through the city, like you see those really tall, um, you know, housing condo complexes, like the white ones. Like if you watch the Vice documentary on North Korea, you've seen it, and it looks oh, yeah. exactly like that. And it was just like, wow, like this is this is like the one spot in North Korea, and that's where pretty much everybody is. But as you fly out, it's like kind of empty, desolate little farms and stuff. It was really eye-opening. Like, And I'm sure they're not showing everything, obviously, but I didn't make it as far as the military zone. I, I wanted to do that just to see what would happen. But um, I'll tell you, man, Like, you think of it, you can go there. Um, my, my project this week is I want to fly to and then the entire length of the Great Wall of China. Uh, so that'll be... That'll be my next destination. But I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> uh, I can't recommend it enough. Get Game Pass and get Flight Sim 2020. I know you're still waiting on your HOTAS setup. Oh, yeah. So in the meantime, you could play Wasteland 3, which we'll get yeah. to later. Oh, yes. Yeah. So what else are you going to do? So... Uh, so uh, but I, I don't know. Do we cover this? So I'm watching Man in the High Castle Season 2. I think we mentioned that. Uh, more twists. More. Tw- I don't know if we mentioned. You know what? We we mentioned it before. It was it was our we preamble. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like so man in high castle. Uh, that's right. <laughs> so watching man in high castle. We're in season two uh, as part of the Twitch watch party that I do on Mondays. And oh man, it it more twists than a pretzel factory, and I'm loving it. <laughs> it's just it's a great series. I mean, you know, it's it's Phil K. Dick. You know, uh, no, you know, based off a of Phil K. Dick novel, and I mean, his stuff's pretty mm-hmm. pretty twi- you know crazy as it is. Oh yeah. But he's and, the pretzel meister. He is. He really is. But yeah, but it, it's it's in a good way. It's not it's not like you know M Night Shyamalan twist. You know, it's like Whoa, yeah, we like, gotcha. Wow, <laughs> yeah, you really pulled that one out of your ass. You know, like no, it makes the twist. It's like okay, I, I you know I didn't see this coming, but I, I can I can run with it, and it's like okay, and yeah, just it, uh, I'm completely hooked. So can't wait to continue uh, doing that. We're about halfway through season two right now, and uh, doing yeah, that. And- I jumped in and joined you for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I jumped in. Um, it was awesome. How does how does that work? Like, how do I like? I was on my phone, so that's probably why. Oh, it didn't okay. Work. Yeah. So uh, but, yeah. So it only works when you're watching on PC. Like it's like okay. it's it's one of the things. That it's like it's everyone grumbles about is that the the Twitch app 
really sucks for a lot of things and it's only good at yeah. doing like one thing and that's just yeah. simply watching the streamer period and that that's about it so if you if you're doing a twitch watch party you get, one you got to make sure on pc uh, when you're enabling it and then also when you're watching it too because you, you basically have to bring up two screens one's the amazon uh link uh that'll sync it okay. up with what we're watching okay uh, let's say it'll sync it up okay yeah yeah so we we have like you know in in what i've done with the expanse and now in in the man in the high castle basically you know it will be synced with everyone else that's watching it through the Got system it. so you don't have to like okay. try and queue up and like you know find the time code it'll do that it'll, you know if you come in half hour hey you know, late it will as soon as you you know punch it up it'll come into exactly right where there. we're okay. at yeah I might have to just join you just to finish season two. I never. Yeah, did. there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, and then obviously you you had the the you know, the streamer up, and so you can see the reaction talk and you know that kind of stuff. Yes, you had a very intense yeah. stare. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, very. It's what I do. I, I'm like I'm like trying to figure things out. It's like what is going this on? This son of a bitch was in the zone. <laughs> like you know how like when you watch Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch and he gets that weird foggy look in his eyes and the tears start moving. That's exactly how you look. That's and right. It was awesome. <laughs> it's like what uh, is going on? Trying to figure this thing out. Where are we going? <laughs> it was great, man. That was yeah, a lot and, of fun. I'll have to actually like join on PC one time. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you know, if you're starting it, basically you'll have a button on the side that says, you know, Twitch watch party. You click on that, it'll bring up a, a menu of like you know what's available and it'll list, it'll also list um what's globally available. So there there are some things and, and you know uh, I say they resolve this, but when it first right. started, anybody outside of the US could not join you could not join in. So I have some okay. international viewers over in uh, the UK that he's like, Yeah, well, I can't watch, you know, but I have Amazon. It's like, oh suck, man. He's like, I knew they yeah. were working on it, but now now they fixed it. So basically, if it's if the programming is available globally on Amazon Prime, then chances are that Twitch Watch Party will then allow them to uh, see it along with you. So they they kind of mm. help help fix that. And you just click yeah, it, sure. and you, you know you say you say go, and then it does like a little countdown on your side, and you know Twitch Watch Party en enabled essentially. That's pretty, pretty simple. Wicked. Oh pretty yeah. Pretty wicked. No, I'll have to. I'll have to do that. I, I I've been thinking more and more about that lately, and uh, I I would love to to do something like that. I, my wife and I were talking about it. Like we're we're kind of private hermits, and some you know, people <laughs> have seen me stream before. It's no big deal. But we were thinking about doing something together, and we wanted to do it more like uh, more like a riff track where it wouldn't be showing our faces, but we would be doing our commentary. Yeah, I mean, you, you could easily uh, do that. I, know, I think several channels do something like that, where it's like, yeah, the, uh, obviously you have to transmit something. So, but yeah, you yeah. know, it's basically a blank screen or whatever. Um, you, can, you don't transmit the the show because then it'll start. You know, it'll jump on you with DMCA stuff. But um, but yeah, you can just have like you know a splash screen up, and then yeah, just you know transmit audio essentially, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure something out. But I'd love to do that. I mean, just some of the shit we've been watching lately. The, the most, the mo some of the most fun we've had. I, I mentioned on the last show, we were watching, we've been watching Twin Peaks. And, um, yes, like that Twin Peaks. And we got <laughs> to season two and we're working our way through that. And, like, season one had this perfect, uh, no, season one did not have the perfect ending. I'm thinking of uh, halfway through season two where they should have ended it. Um, season one, you know, ends like fucking Dallas. Like, who shot fucking Agent Cooper? And it like turned into this whole thing. 
Um, and but we've been really enjoying it. And like this, we got to a part with season two where like all the shit fell into place, all the David Lynch weirdness like got tied up in a perfect way. Where you're like, wow, all right, like. I get it. It's a little supernatural, but it was really fucking awesome, and it was a really great um, explanation for how all this went down. And you're like, yeah, that was good. And then it's like, oh, wait, there's five more to go. What the fuck are they doing? And um, and then it starts involving the one character's father, who was the uh, general in Stargate SG-1, the bald guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hammond, yeah. Hammond, yes. And uh, he... he uh, <laughs> he, he like takes him on a fishing trip and then there's fucking aliens or something and that's where we left off we're like all right <laughs> um this should have ended that episode before but we'll see what happens when we pick this up again and um but yeah it's it's been enjoyable um but the thing i've had aside from what we'll talk about in the release highlights uh game wise the thing i have had the most fun watching this week i posted about it on twitter and I was trying even, like, I posted on the save point with uh, kind of as an assignment for all of y'all, if you have Netflix, to watch this, because it's amazing. Uh, it's high score on Netflix. Uh, have you heard of this, Nick? So, uh, I, I, I guess it just debuted. Is that what it is? Yeah. Or, uh, okay. Because, yeah. Week. I'm hearing it from everyone. You know, not only did I hear from you, but it's like, you know, a lot of, you know, my friends on Facebook and everything, they're all saying the same thing. It's like, like, this is my childhood. It's like, I got to see this thing. I haven't seen it yet, but oh. <laughs> like, I think I'm going to make it a point this week. That's your homework tonight. That's, that's my um, homework. It is a, uh, the best produced, uh, video game documentary. I, I had King of Kong up in that number one seat for a long time because that That's was a, a very one. well beautifully produced documentary this blows the doors off um they really went above and beyond in the production and they cover a lot of amazing ground in the six episodes now i'll, I'll caveat this with i'm just starting episode four i was going to watch it tonight uh before we went on but it is so special to childhood for both my wife and i i was like no nah, i gotta save this and watch it with her um but I will say, uh, it is not, a lot of people will say, well, it's missing this, and it's missing that. And and it doesn't have everything, and, and they can't have everything. But what I really appreciate is that they're featuring a lot of stuff that doesn't normally get talked about in these documentaries. Um, one, of, one of the things that really made me happy, and again, it's one of those things, up until this came out, unless you were like a video game history nut that just liked reading about this shit, you wouldn't know. Like it, nobody ever really covered it before. No one was like, Oh, you know, when they cover the heroes of gaming, you always kind of hear the same names, you know, that, that always come up. And the first episode was covering kind of the transition to cartridge consoles, a console that could actually play more than one game. It wasn't just a built-in circuit board that did just Pac-Man or just Space Invaders. All that that takes up a wonderful portion of that first episode. You're like, oh my god, like it's just amazing. And um but anyway, they highlight the work of Jerry Lawson. Um he's a black engineer uh that was the late 70s, I believe. And he is the person 
that invented like the video game cartridge and a console that could play it so that you could actually have a system that could play more than one game. And it was called the, uh, I think it was the Fairchild Channel F. Um, it did not um, become obviously as well known as the Atari did just because Nolan Bushnell is an insane marketer. Like he's just above and beyond, but like they were the first ones to get there. And Jerry Lawson like built it in his garage and like they interviewed his kids and you could just see like, they were so happy to see like that his work really got featured as a critical part of our gaming history. And it really is like, if, if you really think about it, like you would not have a games library if it wasn't for that concept. Like, he he thought like, hey, like we should be able to do more than one game on these things, and he built a system to do it. It's just so cool um, to see what they had, and then like the second episode goes into the rise of Mario and Nintendo, and how you know they they interview Shigeru, they interview all, I mean everybody, like every big name you can imagine. Nice. Uh, they talk about like the Nintendo Game Counselors, the Nintendo World Championships. Like, if you had a Nintendo growing up, like, this this episode will just tickle the heartstrings. And, uh, but the third episode is the one that just, like, got my heart a beaten. And that was where it was talking about a lot of the, the PC stuff. You know, like, the rise of adventure games on computer. Mm. And they interviewed Ken and Roberta Williams from Sierra. Like, it, they haven't done interviews in, like, like to this degree in a long time like they're retired they've been sailing but i think they're actually writing a book now on the history of sierra and um so but it was just so great to see them in this documentary and like it, what i loved so much about it was that it really was more focused on roberta his wife and roberta williams like she's the one that gave the rise to adventure games they like Games up to that point were were text based, you know, and go north, and there were some great games like that, like Zork and all that stuff. <clears throat> but she was the one that was like, "No, it has to be more. Like there has to be graphics." And they made the first game, which was ah, gotcha, not King's Quest. Uh, <laughs> Sierra game was called Mystery House, and it was the first adventure game that had graphics. And you know, I mean, obviously, if you look at them today, it's like, holy crap. But for, you know, for the day, it was just mind-blowing. But yeah, she is also the person that invented, well, invented, designed, created King's Quest. Like, that's her baby. And that created, like, most of adventure gaming and, and games as we know it. Because it pushed, like, every envelope. But anyway, like, you, you see what I'm getting at. Like, this documentary is amazing. Uh, and they got oh, tons of bonus points for featuring uh, the lead... Uh, exhibit in my hall of heroes which is richard garriott they go they go into a whole thing with richard and it's awesome uh like watch him like dming a DD session it's just fucking beautiful but um he talks about like they highlighted ultima 4 and quest of the avatar and how it, it really changed rpgs up to that point and really kind of established the foundation of a lot of the open world games we have today where you actually had conscious choices that would affect like how your character is viewed. Like that was never done before. Like in a an RPG like the original three Ultimas 
and Might and Magic and anything else that came out back then. Like, you could just go and kill everybody in town, steal all their shit, uh, steal the magic swords, and then go, you know, and beat the game. And it's like, you end up not being much better than the guy you're going after. <laughs> and uh, Ultima 4 challenged you to be virtuous, and it was the f- probably the first game that did that as an RPG. And uh, I just love that they highlighted that, highlighted Richard's work, and... Um, it was just very cool. Like I, I can't tell you enough, Nick. Like you watch that tonight, you'll probably binge through the whole goddamn thing before you go to bed. It's just that I'm good. sure. But um, all right. Oh no, you have one more line here. I have to hear about random YouTube algorithm. <laughs> oh yeah, so so I, I got a hold of my own on YouTube, so I can't oh, wait yeah. to do that. Oh yeah, because I mean, you know, I, another side effect, you know, more or less, of COVID. I mean, granted, you know, even before COVID, this is kind of a thing, but I think I feel like it's even more so because, like, sometimes you're just like, oh, I just, I just need, I need something. Give, give me something, YouTube. Give me something. And yeah. you know, it's randomly, it's the, you know, the algorithm will pick out these these odd in videos for you to, you know, to try and like, you know, get you to watch or whatever. And for some reason, this came up, and it was uh, British canal boats uh specifically vlogs and apparently there's a whole bunch of these these people out there doing this and it, it is it is I, I can't even say it's bizarre like it's it's the it, again we talk about like these zen things he was like it's another zen thing uh yeah i'll, I'll throw it out there's there's a guy called cruising the cut um all right I'm very very chill dude and he does a whole bunch of you know a ton of vlogs of these canal boats and to give you a reference Think of you know these canal boats used to be both the boats and the canals themselves were used originally back back during the industrial revolution of transporting coal from yeah. the mines to you know the cities and whatnot, and that's what these were used for. But but nowadays, like there's no point to that. So now uh, of the canals that still exist and are you know kind of maintained, so they kind of serve multiple purpose. One it becomes like kind of a footpath for pedestrians and runners and, you know, uh, people who exercise, but then these boats still exist. And there's, I forget how long they are, like, you know, uh, not 50 feet, but you know, I don't know. Something between like 25. Yeah. They're not very big from what I'm looking at. Yeah. But they're, they're essentially houseboats though. And you think, you know, for like Americans, you think houseboats, like it's a big old square thing that floats. Well, for these guys, it's, it's basically one long thin boat that you know basically your rooms are stretched out and so instead of like being a big square it's you know think of it along as a long yeah. rod and it's it's the most cool thing it's like this this is awesome like you know like if i ever go back to uk i'd love to like you know just you know <laughs> spend a day Look on a canal this dude. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, and you asshole i just subscribed <laughs> to this but i'm like I'm immediately fascinated by this. Yeah, this yeah, no, that cool. was the thing. It's like, it's like, I was like, what is this? Click. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Look at this thing. So it's kind of this blend of like old That's world cool. history and kind of a blend of new because, you know, it, it, in in the old in the olden days, like basically these boats were towed by horse. Well, now the the tow right. path, as it's called, is you know you know horses are no longer on it. That's where the you know the joggers and whatnot you know yeah. people around yeah. are. But you know, another powered by you know diesel motors. Uh, some are electric. You know, you know the modern amenities of of water travel, and it's not fast. It's not. Don't think like speedboats. No, you know, like no, you're going to be blazing down. Zen, this yeah, is like it's, it's maybe like, what ten knots if you're lucky. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah, ten knots is basically the equivalent of like probably like five miles an hour would be how, like how fast you're going. It's it, yeah. 
but it's it's just very chill and like a lot of the the mechanics are still there so there's lock systems so this still i mean i think this still exists in the u.s in terms of like the you think the erie canal i would think so Things like that. So, uh, you know, I'll have to check to see if there's, you know, if the American equivalent still exists today. But, you know, there's locks, so there's all these manual things, so they're getting off and having to crank, you know, the yeah. doors shut, opening, you know, the water paddles and things. Like, there's a whole process to it. And Aeroboat trip, Stratford to Wooten. Yeah, and, like, all these other aspects are, like, going through various tunnels still exist. Um, there's, you know, uh, kind of exchanges between the canals and larger waterways. So there's one that connects the Thames. There's others that connect to like other big lake things. And so like, there's these huge mechanical elevators and, you know, uh, uh, not teeter totter, but you know, basically, you know, like weight systems for transferring ships or these ships, but uh, the boats from the canal you know, side to yeah, another body of water. And again, it's just like this, this very old industrial revolution, you know, era stuff that, you know, is still exists and works today. And it's just, and it's just very cool. Like see this, this other world, so to speak. You've totally fucked my Monday. (laughs) It's like, and it's perfect. It's perfect for having like on the background, like I'll be doing work and I'll like have it on. He's like, he just quietly narrates and it's very chill. And it's just like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. I, I, I'm subscribed already. <laughs> like, <laughs> and yeah, like cruising the cut is like the one one guy I've been like following the most. But there's plenty of other like vloggers that do like very similar stuff as like their lives. Uh, you know, some like you know some people live on the canal. Um, yeah, like that's that's their home. I some some is their livelihood. Shit, oh yeah, some of gorgeous. Yeah, and that's you know, gotta be so peaceful. Yeah, and, and it's it's so cool, and because they do so many vlogs, they have it like you know all you know vlogs from all year round. So there's like how do you you know how do you live there in the winter? You know how do you know what what is you know what do you do during the summer? And then you know the trials yeah. and tribulations of going up and down, and you know even even more recently with you know dealing dealing with COVID and coming out of lockdown. So yeah, I'm look, I just see his uh, channel intro video. He looks like Dave. <laughs> yeah, that Dave face. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. I, I'm really gonna check that out. Like, I like finding shit like that. Like, I don't know, like just random stuff, like day in the life stuff. It's why I love that that Terry Jones Medieval Lives documentary so much. Like, it's just so cool to look at life through the lens of a very specific profession or hobby. You know, that's especially when it's an uncommon hobby. Like, all yeah. right. You know, I've seen people make knives, and I love it. I love watching blacksmithing videos. It's it's incredibly relaxing. But, like, something like this instantly fascinates me, because it's just like, oh, I, I want to know more about this. Oh, yeah, and, and that was the thing. Like, when I stumbled upon it, I was like, I didn't even think something like this existed. But now that I watch it, it's like, yeah. it makes sense that this still exists <laughs> in a yeah. way. That's so cool, man. No, I'm definitely going to check it out. Check it out for sure. All right, let's move on to release highlights. Wow. Um, (laughs) A high score on Netflix. We already talked about. Seriously, go watch that. It's great. Uh, Wasteland 3 just came out yesterday. I've been playing the living hell out of it. I probably got a good five hours in at this point. Uh, And based on every review I've read, I got a long way to go. Uh, They said (laughs) it's a massive game. And I, but every review has basically hit on the head that it is an awesome game. Like, and I, I completely agree. It's the best in the series, without a doubt. It's incredibly fun. 
nice little challenge and putting it down on even story mode difficulty makes it perfect if you just want to like have a little bit of a challenge and just enjoy the story which is awesome the story in this game so far is just immediately gripping and um they actually had to put a disclaimer that basically said like hey um events in this game are fictional and uh were written about two and a half years ago and unfortunately are starting to mirror a lot of everyday present life <laughs> and that was not our intention um but it does and it's uh, if you've ever played the Wasteland games, they're very dark humor, um, very, very dark in subject. Not not in, like, uh, you know, uh, trigger every five seconds kind of thing. It's not. But it, it's just, it doesn't pull any punches, and sure. it, it's it's a grim picture of, like, the death of the American dream. And it really radiates with a lot of what we're seeing today. Uh, don't let that turn you off to it. Uh, it really, I, I have to say, I agree with a lot of the reviewers. They're They're putting it in, like, the top three with like Planescape Torment and Divinity 2 Original Sin and they're like and Wasteland 3 is right up there. Um <clears throat> it's fantastic. Uh if you have Game Pass, you can go grab it right now. It's part of the Game Pass subscription. Uh, I wound up pre-ordering it just because um I adore In Exile Entertainment and you know just in that whole full disclosure route they had given me uh an advanced preview copy of Bard's Tale 4 uh, when that was just about to hit, and I just, I was so touched by that, like, you know, they, they, I'd sent a couple, a sample episode, and they were just like, yeah, here, have it, this is great, you know, we'd love to hear you talk about it, and, um, and so I was like, no, like, I, I, I am looking so forward to this, I'm buying this game, and, um, I, it, I'm telling you, it's the best, uh, Brian Fargo, it is your masterpiece, it is really, really, really good. Um, I can't wait for all y'all on the save point that have Game Pass, you too, Nick, when you get it. Mm-hmm, I cannot mm-hmm. wait to talk about this game with people because it's great. Like, There's so many moments where I'm like, oh my god, I wonder how you handled that situation. Because there are, and this is where the reviewers are really like, mind blown, is there are tons of branching choices in this game. And they're hard choices, and they're like... They're like the amount of epilogues this game has just based on the way we've played it. It's pretty fair to say, like, they're like, my Colorado at the end is going to look nothing like your Colorado. <laughs> like, and that's awesome. I like, love, I that. love yeah. that. There's I such variety. That. And like, I've read reviewers that were like, I've been playing for 80 hours. I think I'm getting to the end. And I can't wait to go back through and make all different choices. Like, it's that good. Yeah, so it allows for that replayability, and, and like you said, like you, you know, you can watch vicariously and see someone else make completely different decisions. Yeah, and it, it's a real web, and the the reviewers are like that's such a dangerous thing to do in programming. <laughs> you have to keep track of all that shit. Oh yeah, and then all minor permutations to dialogue and everything else, and they're like, and they've done it, and it's a masterpiece, and it's beautiful. So yeah, go check out Wasteland Three. Go give uh, In Exile Entertainment some love on Twitter. Um, they're they're just an awesome group of people, and I, I've just been singing their praises for the past two days. They really deserve it. The game's a fucking home run, man. It's so good. Um, other release highlights: Avengers, I believe, is coming out this week, right? Uh, I think so. is it, is it this week or next week? I don't fucking remember. It might be next week. Uh, yeah, the week after this one coming. Uh, but I did want to, I wanted to make a quick update 
uh, from the last show. The last show, I think both Nick and I were kind of like, eh. September um, 4th, so next week. Next week, okay. I, th- I think this is the last beta weekend. I think that's what this is. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, we were both kind of uh, not even lukewarm on it, but I will say uh, I did get a chance to play the beta, and my opinion has shifted. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not going crazy over it, but I think this is going to be a fun little jaunt. I do. Yeah, like I, hey, I, I feel like I'm a superhero, yeah. and this is just a, you know, it, it, it's all about doing the wobble combo, but uh, it, it was a it lot, of fun. lot of fun. Uh, it, it had its technical drawbacks, at least on my side. I don't know if you encountered yeah, this at I all, but it, like, there's a lot of a lot of hitching in the cutscenes. It seems. Yeah, I hit a couple there for sure. Okay, okay, so it wasn't just me then. Wow. Okay, um, I'm hoping I'm hoping it's just an early build and they'll fix it. You know, you know, slash day one patch. You yeah. know, by the time it gets to next week, but uh, yeah, like I, I'd say it's probably worth a buy to you know maybe even get you know gets down to a discount type of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. and definitely hands down if it hits hit some kind of a pass. Um, I mean, it's under Square Enix, so I don't know if we've seen any Square Enix no. games on any of the past stuff so far. But... My knowledge, no. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I will say that. Um, let's wait and see how the first couple weeks go in launch. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. If anybody's thinking about jumping, uh, as I did run into a couple issues, like trying to connect to a game with some rando, like I fucking, I, I got so frustrated. It was like, I wanted to start my own mission and I didn't block it off from people for joining. So oh. I, wanted to do an, I wanted to do an AI companion and someone jumped in. So I was like, all right, cool. And it fucking resets the timer for a full minute. And I'm like, Oh, oh okay. no fine and i'll sit here and we got to the end of the minute and nothing happened and i was like okay the fuck and then it booted me out of that you know trying to get that session on the mission map it's like all right motherfucker and then i went in did it again the same dude jumped in so it wasn't like there was a lot of people playing (laughs) i was like all right man like you want to play with me i want to play with you we want to play we're going to do this together got down to a minute and nothing and then he dropped and i was like son of a bitch and then the timer like was was back to like 15 seconds because it was just me and then somebody else jumped in and it reset to a minute i was like fuck this i'm done <laughs> um, you're so trolling you man i hope they fix that but um but i i could see that being wicked fun if you're playing with some of your friends like i could yeah. see that being a lot yeah, of fun Definitely the fact that, it, like, I think I remember seeing co-op, you know, was mentioned back when, uh, at the last, yeah. e- well, I mean, I know it is now, but I, back when we first saw an E3 and can we kind of got that, you know, it's like, it was a lukewarm feeling to it. Um, and yeah. I was, I was thinking like the co-op was going to be like, oh, because like every time, I don't know, it seems like every time you see something like that, you have the single player campaign and then, oh, here's a couple co-op missions that yeah. you know, are kind of the side, but no, it's like after you get through like the tutorial mission, it's instantly it's like, hey, do you want to bring someone? I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And then it goes like multiplayer games, central hub mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of deal. And, and and I like it. I think there's potential. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I just wanted to call out my position shift on that because uh, I think we were both very like, man, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it's definitely different. Uh, yes, Everspace 2 going early access in December. That's great. I can't wait to play it. Uh, I'm even more excited about the next one. I, I actually highlighted this on Twitter as well. Uh, if you want to talk about that, I will just say I bought it day of release. 
Yeah, I think I, I think we both uh, did a the Kickstarter thing. Uh, That's right. I, I did kickstart it um, after I talked to you. That's what it was. Yeah, and we, you know we saw it at PAX and it looks great and you know everything. I think they do a, a weekly stream or biweekly stream or something. And again, fantastic looking email pack. So you know the fact that that how much more time has now passed. It's going to go into an early access I state. Be great. Um, and you know, if, if you're a Kickstarter backer, you should have gotten those emails, uh, kind of alerting you to that fact. And if you're not, then definitely keep out, uh, look out for it. It's going to be hitting steam first. Uh, and yeah, so early access. And so I don't, I don't know if they have a launch date yet. Um, probably not a lot of these early access games, like Everspace one did it right. They're probably going to do a year's worth. That seems to be the standard. I think. Yeah. I, mean, I, I want to say, yeah, months. one. Yeah, one took about that long. Uh, I don't think it went through. I don't, I don't know. I, just, I don't know if it went through early access. I know it went through a, an alpha state and all that because I did the Kickstarter on on Everspace One as well. Um, and again, mm-hmm. worthwhile investment. Like Everspace One, fantastic game. Still, still a great game. Uh, so I'm looking, uh, this looks like it's gonna be looking hella forward to two. Yeah, and so I'm I'm eager. Like, and more or less, I've gotten to the point where I don't really like you know if I I back a game or early access game. Whereas I'll, I'll jump in when I first do that, or if you have the capability of doing that, and then then I'll just kind of put it back on the shelf. Um, yeah, I'm kind Same of doing here. that for uh, Subnautica too. So it's like I am not playing like like with Subnautica, you know, one now. Uh, I would I would jump in quite frequently whenever they did updates and like check it out. It's like and you got a lot of the story along the way, and although they did save stuff for ultimately in the end, it's like it's like now having done that, it's like you know what. I, I'm not touching any of Subnautica too. Yeah. Like, like I, I yep. see, I see like pictures and stuff, and like that's as, as much as information as I get on it. It's like, ooh, that's some that's some neat looking stuff. But I am, you know, I'm not watching any videos. I'm not running, you know, yeah. playing the early access. Like, I want to kind of go in completely fresh because it was such a great experience. You know, seeing it from stem to stern on it, and I've kind of taken that tact with almost everything else uh you know, assuming story is there so like things like star citizens like the story's not really there in in the pu so it's like okay that's safe because all this mechanics you know you're you're, you're just playing mechanics and that's it yeah. um and so i'm kind of you know doing the same i'll probably do the same thing with other space too. i like you know i pop my head in just see how it's doing and it's, like, the mechanics. Yeah, it's like it's like yep yeah, this looks great i'm loving what i'm seeing and then you know just kind of keep it on the shelf make make sure i don't you know kind of get too spoiled to you know the the story because it, it does have a yeah. decent story to it oh yeah for sure so i'm excited about that uh i i can't wait to can't wait to play it like everything i saw at pax i was like yes great. yeah <laughs> so great and then um, speaking yeah. of which, uh, I think uh, the packs you know, online now, uh, I think kicks off next week for Labor Is Day weekend. Really? I think so. Yeah. Interesting. So okay, we, we'll have let's, to, let's keep, keep our ears to the ground for that one. Yeah, that might be worth a little streamy episode. What to say? Um, oh, and this next point, this is also something I bought day of release. Um, I'll let you because you you were there. You went to the Abbey Road and uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but yes, I, I bought this day of release this week. Yeah. So if you've tuned into any of my Twitter feed or you know any of, even our previous show, you know that I went to uh, the live recording of the album in Abbey Road in London Studios 
back in February, back before lockdown, before COVID went all crazy. Yeah, nuts. right before. Like it, like it was it, like uh, it, looking back, it was like man, I was so fortunate to be able to like do that because you know it, when I remember going through the airport, and they were asking everyone questions like, "Have you have you traveled to Wuhan?" It's like, and have you do you have a fever or anything like that? Now they didn't have like you know temperature guns or anything, but. It's like that, that, that was like the bleeding edge of, you know, lockdown in early February. Cause it was, you know, basically a month later, everything started, you know, shutting down. So it was, well, yeah. Know, then we went to PAX. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. At the end of February, we went to PAX. Like, like, yeah, like that entire month, that, that was like, just like the bleeding edge of just like the yeah. last of being, able, I'm, and I'm so glad like, you know, uh, you know, one, we didn't get sick, which is great, but two, I, I am supremely glad that we 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 did you know the pack thing yeah. I, and i was able yeah. to do my london yeah. trip because holy crap it's just like the like i i have a i don't say like cabin fever but it's like you know same thing with like you know microsoft 2020 like i've been looking at this stuff like where do i want to go next ah yeah dude <laughs> like kyle and i were talking about it, we're like man i hope we can do that next year like oh and i'm like probably not but it's good to dream because like that was such a great time we had oh such yeah a blast. it was so good and but it was one of those, like, I remember even talking about it with you after, where it was like, well, we were flying home, and, like, we're in Logan Airport, and Kyle and I are, like, you know, and again, I'm not even trying to be, like, uh, I would never, you know, do this, but, like, there were some people uh, with face masks on, and and it was like, oh, fuck, like, this is kind of getting real. Like, when did you ever see people before this walking around with, you know, a, a mask on? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, that's where I was like, oh man, I, I think we might have just dodged a fucking giant bullet. <laughs> um, yeah. and I think, and I'm pretty sure we did. Um, but yeah, um, his album released this week, the Christopher Tin yeah. album, Shiver yeah, the so- Sky. Yeah, so yeah, Christopher Tin is, is the composer. He's he's done the uh, Civ- Civilization Four, uh, most famously Baba Yetu. So if you've enjoyed that music uh, soundtrack, like pick this up. Yeah, to Shiver the Sky. It's about. Uh, basically kind of history of flight and you know everything surrounding it you know, from like the early days you know to like mythology of like icarus and whatnot all the way up into like the space age and having um the choir actually sing parts of kennedy's speech of like going oh, wow. going to the moon uh yeah that's in the it's in the final, I still haven't listened final to the whole thing oh yeah yeah you got you oh man it's so good yeah uh but yeah the the final final track is actually uh yeah, kennedy's speech kind of put to uh i'd say almost operatic style form oh my god I'm not and sure. yeah so and it just a fantastic album uh you know and for me it's like it was even more true because you know i heard it in pieces like you know because i heard the orchestra and then i heard parts of the orchestra and then in the evening heard heard the choir do its thing and you're kind of like yeah. putting it all together in your head and you're like oh man i mean it was still it was still completely like, awesome to hear it <laughs> it's I like i know that part i know that part but now like when you hear the album when it's completely mixed and put together wow. as one piece and you're like it's just like wow it's like mm, just it brings me back and it's just it, yeah, it's a fantastic album pick it up especially if you're you know not only into his stuff or, or even just like into orchestral you know you know kind of that i say soundtrack it's not a soundtrack to anything it's just you know uh, well i i take the back because they call them concept albums where there's a story to it yeah the, yeah there's a story to it signa de, de valare was used as part of civ six i think it was the, the, no, the, main say, the opening tr- yeah. the opening yeah. track yeah is si- yeah is the opening track is the menu track of civ six yeah it, like yeah, when but, you open up civ six like that's what's playing yeah and yeah so 
you know, in you know, it's available on all platforms. You can uh, uh, hear it uh, like on uh, I think Amazon streaming has Spotify. it, Spotify. Right. Yeah, so you know, if you don't, if you if you're not into buying it, like you can at least listen to it and like you know, please do that. You know, like we're all kind of plugging it, you know, to try and like pump it up. Like I think it made like top so ten good. of the of the orchestral albums. I think for the week so far. So yeah, you know, check it out. It's well so worth your time and so awesome. Yeah. It's so well produced and it's just beautiful music. Like I, I bought it on uh, the iTunes store and just hearing the Civ six track again and like, uh, again, just in, produced so masterfully. It was just like, Oh my God, it's fucking beautiful. Loved it. Um, okay. And then the next one, Oh my God. Games. <laughs> oh boy. Games. <laughs> um, I walked away from this feeling weird. <laughs> yeah, like it, like you know, it, it was some of like, okay, I expected this, and then and then the other half was like, Whoa. where the hell did this come from? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the Warcraft animated series looks very interesting. Uh, like you're saying, uh, I love the lore from these games, and I would love to see a really good series dive into that. Like, I always thought that game would make a great anime. Oh um, yeah, and. and- so- yeah, I mean, almost anything from from Blizzard in terms of story, like you know, from Diablo to Warcraft, is like just some really good story to them. Oh, great storytelling, and you know, the fact that they're doing, you know, and I, I want to say they did this with the last expansion as well for Warcraft, um, mm-hmm. where, where they kind of introduced kind of like this um, quasi, you know, moving moving picture is the yeah. best way to describe it because it's not fully. You know, I, I say it's not fully animated in terms of like. Um, you think like a cartoon or an anime or something like that, but it's kind of yeah, like, it's like the, those animated comic panels. In a yeah, way. yeah, that's yeah, it's animated. Like, yeah, like, that's Ben Burns comics. Yes, exactly like that. It's animated comics is probably yeah the best way to put it. Uh, but yeah. still, like it's still a great story. For sure. So. No, I, I can't wait to see it. Um, or see more of it. Uh, yeah, the next uh, one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Uh yeah, Dragon Age Four. Um, I appreciate what they showed, which was concept art and some stuff about voice acting. Uh, didn't see any gameplay unless I wasn't paying attention. It, it, not really. Like it felt, uh, you know, it, it's like one of those behind the scenes things, and it's like, okay, this is what we're working on. This is like what it's gonna look like, and some of the fighting mechanics. And they had basically like kind of a gray gray boxing uh you know mm-hmm. of what an attack would look like but nothing like like you said it wasn't actual gameplay um you know it's like okay concerning a little yeah i mean i i know what basically they're they're trying to hype it up and you know do this like oh this is stuff we're working on and you know it's it's in the works but it, what it's what really for a while yeah it's like that and the, the biggest thing was running through my mind the entire time that was playing. It's like, you know, and I couldn't get over the fact was can Bioware recover from Andromeda and the Anthem? Um, I mean, maybe and, that's why they're not showing the gameplay. Maybe they just don't have it yet. I don't know, dude. Like, yeah. And, and that's what's worth Like if it wasn't like, if this was, you know, if, you know, either Andromeda or Anthem didn't exist or if they had some measure of success and not the, yeah, I wouldn't be worried complete, you know, you know, desk plant, you know, failures that they, they kind of, you know, Andromeda, like hands down Anthem, which is kind of like this, this petering out, so to speak. 
Like I don't think yeah. it failed out of the gate, but it was very much like like deflating balloon. <laughs> yeah, I I find this concerning because I thought it had been in development for quite some time. Um, I want to say it has it like it's since three, I think. Yeah, it's it's been a long time, and the fact that they're not showing gameplay is very concerning because that means one of two things. Actually, it pretty much only means one thing. And I think they did change directors recently, which is never a good fucking sign. Um, I feel like this game has been scrapped and rebuilt again, um, which I'm fine with if it results in a better product. But from what I read, that was a lot of Anthem's problem. Um, was it like the whole scrap it, rebuild it, start fresh, and then like, you know, pretty much anyway. I don't know. Um, well, it, it's it's kind of like that. It's a double edged sword. Like I'm, I'm, I, you know, I can't think of an example where we've heard that happen, and it was a at least moderate smashing to success. yeah, moderate <laughs> to smashing success. Yeah, like I can't think of anything that where that's happened, and it's it's that double edged sword of like obviously you need to restructure you know games to to make them work, yeah. um, and but. There's there also there's a drop dead point where it's like this you know I say studio in the sense of like in, the, in this case it'll be EA EA yeah. will have enough and say okay put something out because we've dumped so much money into this you know we need yeah, something back or or they or they kill it off completely <laughs> and now you know with something like you know Dragon Age Four you know it's like you know the, the fact that they, they've advertised is like okay they're at least on the committal pass of of, of like they're trying to build something. And, you know, they're going to try and get to the end here. So the question yeah. is, when will EA's patients run out and say, you've got, you've got to produce something and kick it out the door? And the question is, will it be ready by that point? Or will it be a case of basically because of the restructuring, they had to completely rebuild it, that yeah. it, it falls flat in its face? It just sounds like to me, uh, their EA is doing what they always do, which is there's too many fucking cooks in the kitchen again. And it's just fucking Bioware over. And Bioware doesn't help because it's like you heard the complaints with a lot of the other games. It's like, oh, there was like four different managers with designers with different ideas that were supposed to be like one lead designer. That never works, man. Like, and it sounds like they're making that same fucking mistake again. But who knows? Maybe we'll be surprised. Well, uh, that was uh, the other thing. Like, wasn't it introduced by Casey Hudson? I thought he had left or something. He had left. And okay. I guess he came back. Okay, <laughs> that's even yeah. more worrisome. Not that he, not that Casey Austin's bad, but it's just like, why? Well, yeah, he didn't really do good on the last outing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll just say my hopes are slim uh, for Dragon Age Four. I would love for it to be great. I love that series with all my heart, except for two. I did not like two. Uh, that was like, hey, we can get other kids to play this too. When Dragon Age One was a fucking role playing like amazingness, and it's like now what? It's a fucking twitchy action game, you asshole. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Two was like a complete shift. Yeah, they're they're trying to do something that it didn't really fit into. I think. But yeah, at least that's I just think my opinion. Really I'm with you. I think Inquisition <laughs> got it back on the right track, though, and I really enjoyed Inquisition. But anyway, uh, the next one, Doom Eternal DLC. Meh, I could give a shit less. Like more uh, shooty but shooty face. I enjoyed it, but once like their shitty copy protection stuff came to light, I was like, "Fuck oh, you!" Yeah. I it I've never touched it again. Uh, Fall Guys season two uh, already. Another game I need I need to pick up because this was, looks hilariously awesome to play. Oh, it looks it looks like most extreme elimination challenge. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to play it. I have it on I have it on PlayStation. It looks great. 
Um, I haven't played it yet, though, and I'm going to play it. Uh, I got it on, it was like a free, you know, like the PlayStation games with gold or whatever they call it. Uh, it was free for the month it came out so that you could grab it and it was yours to keep. Ah. So, yeah, I can't wait to play it. It looks great. Kyle said it's a really, really good time. Yeah, I keep hearing good things. Uh, Little Nightmares, that looked very cute, creepy, interesting, kind of like Ori in the Blind Forest looking graphics, but even darker. Yeah, like uh, Sackboy meets, you know, Sackboy, yeah, creepy like, puppet mode. Yeah, like I liked what I saw. Uh, the next one, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, talk about a left field. Like, I don't, uh, wow, okay. All I mean, right, th- th- I'll try to I, say I, this without having a stroke. Yeah, I will say they, they set up on a decent tangent. They started off with uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Again, I'm still super hyped for that. It, it looks fantastic. Oh, um, awesome. I, I saw some things like, the, again, c- those callouts to XVT, like they had this uh, the tri, uh, triangle pad station, which was a hallmark yep. of X-Wing TIE Fighter. You know, every time you went yep. against a, a small station, it was that little triangle, like radiation-looking you know, symbol looking yeah. station. And they had that in the the trailer cool. footage. It's like, yes. Oh, like if, if yeah, they're hitting my nostalgia buttons, which I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm going to lean on the good side. It's like, yes, more. Give me more. Uh, I'm leaning on that. It looks good. Yeah. And then, then, then they, then they switched to the Sims and it's like, okay, the Sims. And then suddenly Sims, Star Wars, uh, uh, two, <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> Trip to Batu, which is is the Disneyland uh, uh, section. I don't know what you call it. World section of of the park. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's both in Disneyland and Disney World. um, The world of Star Wars. But they're they're doing a tie-in with The Sims, which I did not see come because, I mean, they don't, I don't think they've ever done any kind of real world tie-in with Sims. Any of the Sims, not just Sims 4. Um... The one Sims like that did the rock and roll expansion, like Avril Lavigne was in it, and I think that's like okay. as close as it ever got. You know what <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, you know, tie in light. But yeah, it was, just, it was like full on. And maybe I don't know. Maybe this is another one of those like it ties in well because of COVID or what. But it's like you get to take your Sims to the Batu and you get yeah. all you get all these crazy stuff. You see all the characters. Um, I, again, you, you want to talk about another YouTube algorithm. It's like, it's like again, travel vlogs are, are terrible for watching oh, now yeah. because it's like, oh, these are all the places people went. And like, you know, oh, people- like, oh, I, 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 I watched the guy go through Harry Potter world. I was like, I'm never yeah. going to Let's see. And I was like, oh, this exactly. is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's I love watching it because it's like, you know, it's like okay, I don't have to spend like a million dollars to <laughs> go to these parks and yeah. hotels. Like, well, and it, it might actually be great, you know, you know, for those that actually do, you know, I'm not saying don't go to the parks, um, but you know, once, once right. we get to a sense of normalcy, it's like it's actually a great way to actually preview what's actually yeah. there and get some Plan tips on out what you want to yeah. see. Um, but you know, yeah. for those of us who you know don't necessarily you know, want to spend that much just to go. Um, it, it's great because you get to see like all, you know, sometimes they tour the hotels, they do, you know, tour all the various parts of the park. Um, yep. A lot of, you know, not really behind the scenes, but, you know, just kind of like, you know, like tips and tricks of the park. And it's, it's like, it's so cool. And, you know, like, you know, yeah, they've toured Batu. And it's like, eh, that's actually pretty cool. And apparently it's, it's, it's gotten better over the year. Yeah. It, it's uh, interesting. Uh, I was like, yeah, milk that cow, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you got, yeah, you got this weird tie. And it's like, well, I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, that's uh, talk about pulling in another audience. 
Yeah, uh, exactly. Interesting. Oh, and your next point, uh, that made me think back to Wasteland 3. Um, so uh, the next uh, release that we saw was COD, Call of Duty Cold War. Uh, it has, like, multiple endings through player choice. Sounds kind of interesting. And Nick makes a note here of all I can think of is the Reagan SNL. <laughs> yeah, well, we got to do this here. And <laughs> well, hello. Hi. It's my birthday. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, in Wasteland 3, because, uh, again, this is a, a nuclear disaster after a certain point, you know, in I think it's in the late 80s. And then it's, you know, years and years later. But there's a faction... Uh, to the east of Colorado called the Gippers. <laughs> they, they win worship, one for the Gipper. They worship a giant robot AI that is an AI of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> really? Wow. I haven't gotten there yet, but I can't wait. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It, uh, it, uh, it looks interesting. I mean, obviously, as somebody like Nick and I, who who grew up during the Cold War, mm-hmm. uh, especially yeah, some the Reagan the, era, you know, you know, in the Reagan era and stuff. And so it is interesting. Uh, we'll see how that happens. Twelve minutes looks super screwed up. I can't wait to play it. Oh, super uh, awesome! All sarcastic. I, I saw they had um, Defoe, yeah. uh, um, the guy that was in uh, Do- the Dune sci-fi miniseries that played uh, Paul Atreides, I think. Or, uh, uh, I can't think of the name. Yeah, scary. I forget. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it looks like a great cast. The story looks really deep and messed up. Oh, like, yeah. And this is just from a quick preview video. I was like, wow, I can't wait to play this. Because uh, I just I love a good story. So that looks cool. Uh, one game I another game I saw I was like, huh, was Lemnis Gate, another shooting McShooter game, but it kind of mm. gave me an Unreal Tourney vibe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just with the the looks and stuff, so we'll see. Uh, Age of Empires three definitive. That was a fun. Oh one yeah. Um, Christ knows we played enough of that back in the day. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'll bite there. I'll, I'll jump on board that game again. Good good four uh, X RTS. You know? Yeah, you know the Age of Empires one and two remasters were really really good, so that should be a lot of fun. Um, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond VR. Wow! Oh wow! Yeah, another like came came out of nowhere, and as soon as I heard that like Medal of Honor theme, like oh my god, they, yeah, like, you bastards have done really it! <laughs> yeah, and, it and, and funny enough, you like you know before you, we started, you were humming the the, the uh, Band of Brothers theme. <laughs> yeah, and, and very this, close by the way to yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, and and yeah, like. I was watching, it's like, oh, yes, this looks awesome, looks great. Uh, yeah. And then the only catch, at least for me, and I know I think you you have it, so you're fine, but was the fact that it's an Oculus exclusive. It's like, oh, you got to be well, kidding you get me. the little thingy, though. Uh, I, I, I can get it through Re- Revive. I can get through Revive. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, it, it's it's basically the hoop jumping that sucks because it's like, oh man. And and more recently, uh, you know, I'm a little more miffed on the what's going to happen in October with Oculus because it's Facebook. You have to have a Facebook account and tie it. Now, you know, it's like, now that's not necessarily a problem for me. I have a Facebook account. I'm not like exclusive. I'm not like a, Oh, down with Facebook or whatever. Fucking Luddite. (laughs) Exactly. I'm not, I'm not that far, but at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, that's a little ridiculous to force your users to, to basically have a Facebook account 
and to log I in to be able to play that. That's going to stick. To be honest with you, um, frankly, I, I think it's a I think it's a terrible idea. Now, and I feel it's different than logging into an account that you have with like you know because obviously you know it's like we have Steam account, we have the Epic Game Store. You know, it's like like that. You know, that that makes sense. It's a login account, but it's strictly for your game library. Whereas yeah, with Facebook, yeah, exactly. Like I feel like it's it's crossing a weird line, and you know, Facebook has been you know kind of doing this for years. But it's like crossing that line of like, yeah, that's your social, you know, you know, real life network thing and like all that connection there. Yeah. And it's like, you know, ho- and hopefully that go ahead. No, I was going to say, here's why I think that's stupid. The VR market is it's not that it's niche, but it's not a big market. So yeah, why are that's you gonna, exactly why it. Are yeah. You gonna do some, why are you going to do something that might limit it further? Yeah. Like, that, that, the- that's why I love everything that Steam has been doing with their index like like you know it's like you know yeah we'll make the device but everything on steam you can play it on whatever device you like and you can intermix stuff it's like you know like steam is the role model and you know it's like you know oculus is starting to become the dunce in the corner i feel it's like and it's not like the equipment's bad it's just like it's just you know i feel it's being managed poorly yeah it just seems like a really stupid model like i don't know what they're trying to do i don't understand how that's beneficial like I can understand if everybody had a fucking Oculus, yeah, and it was this huge thing that everybody wanted to do all the time. It's just not; it's not there yet. Yeah, um, and like you said, it's it's niche, and it's still on that like prohibitively expensive side of things. Yeah. Like it, you know, the price is coming down. I think the cheapest set is what three, four hundred. I think something like that now yeah, these it's days. It's expensive. It's but not I mean cheap. That, that's that's the price of a console for something where you know. Um, it doesn't, you know, granted, you know, like, you know, like you just said here, this, this is an Oculus exclusive, so they do have some exclusivity. But, but then it, you throw in, like, unless you have an, you get the Oculus Quest, yeah. you also need a good computer to run it. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's probably, yeah, it's probably the better kickers. Like, consoles, like, boom, you plug, you know, you buy the game, you plug it in, you're good to go. You know, maybe you buy peripherals, like, you can make the army for, like, you know, PS... Uh, for VR, it's like, yeah, you got to have the console plus the VR system anyway. But, you know, it's, it, it, I think, that, I think actually that's the cheaper one. Cause I think, what is that? Like 150, 200 off the top of my head, something like that. Um, so that's probably like the easiest entry into yeah. VR. But the, yeah, you're talking <laughs> PCs, like, and you need some heavy hardware. It's like, it's not going to yeah, run you need, on. <laughs> you need a good fucking PC to run yeah, VR. it's not, you're not going to run on a clunker. It's like, you need a decent one. And it's like, you know, yeah. And again, that's part of that whole like niche thing. And, you know, in VR is not necessarily for everyone either. Like, you know, I mean, no. it's just I, a I, dumb move, man. It's yeah. a stupid fucking move. Yeah. Like that's not a market you want to limit in any way, shape or form. It's already prohibitive enough. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. All right. So let's move on. I uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, we'll skip the next one. It was just a preview video. It looked like a cool concept that uh, unknown nine. We'll wait till yeah. Yeah, it like it intrigued me. I wanted to see gameplay, and then then they didn't deliver. So it's like, oh, that face. The trailer looked great. Well, that's we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, Warhammer: Age of Sigmar Stormground gave me all the fucking Warhammers. Looks like a great <laughs> yeah. strategy, XCOM tactical game. I'm all about it. Um, I'm, it seems I'm like there, there's a ton of Warhammer. Like, cause uh, there was something at the Xbox one, right? There was some FPS, or is that yep. the same one? Or is that no? There, there was an FPS one that's totally different. Okay, got it. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's there's all kinds of shit um, that is coming out uh, in the Warhammer universe, and I love it. I love 
that this universe is getting so much attention because it's a lot of fun. It's a damn lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I'm stoked for that. I'll add it to my already massive Warhammer library. Uh, Crash Four, Crash Bandicoot Four, yes, yes, yes. This, this, you know, you talk about like you know trailers and gameplay. Like, like this was like spot on with the gameplay portion of things. Oh my god, did this look cool? Like it, it was intense. It, like I, I, yeah. it, it, <laughs> I mean, it's called it's called what uh, uh, through the through the not Discworld, but <laughs> what was it called? What's the subtitle? Uh, give me a second. I'm with you. Anyway, uh, while you look it up, yeah, like you know, basically, it's, about time. <laughs> it's what. Crash Bandicoot Four. It's about time. Oh, it, it, it's about time. I thought it was like through the through the parallel verse or something. Uh, no, no. It's it's Crash Bandicoot Four. It's about time. It, oh, it's about time. Okay. 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 Um. But yes, uh, to your point. Anyway, I, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> it looks uh, yeah. It, yeah. It looks great. Uh, like basically had the one scene where like they're, they're like ripping, you know, the fabric of time and space apart and you're, they're jumping through like all these parallel worlds. And it seriously looked like something out of Dr. Strange. Um, yeah. and I like, and it was like, boom, 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 boom. Like it was just, it was like one after the other. Like it wasn't like, you know, loading screens or everything and the way they're doing it. Like, holy crap. Like, and, and we've kind of seen this with, with several other game concepts. Game, yeah. Yeah. It was the Xbox one. I can't. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, but it same was, deal though. Like parallel universe. Yeah, kind of it was like two. Yeah, it was two split oh. universes side by side on that one. We, I, you know, I thought it was a co-op, but it was like you're playing two worlds at the same time. And I'm wondering, you know, is this because the technology has now finally allowed for that? With not only like I, I want to say they were doing a behind the scenes of Bandicoot. And it was thanks to not only the like chip hardware, but also solid state drives allowed it for loading of like all mm. these all these worlds. And I'm yeah, I and I'm wondering, you know, are we to a point where like the technology is allowing these concepts, or it, like, or, yeah, again, like it, it, it's weird that we've had several. You know, like, I, you know, I think there's Crash Bandicoot, there's the Xbox uh, One, um, and I want to say there's a third one. That I, or something similar and it's like is it because that or are we getting like the hollywood double up of like you know two asteroid movies in, in one year type thing going on <laughs> i don't know man it looks uh it looks cool it looks so cool i i just i always loved those games i had a blast playing them on playstation yes i know i hear jeremy in my head up <laughs> um yeah no i'm i'm looking forward to it it looks really good and like you said i think the technology is allowing for these really awesome like simultaneous world play uh it's interesting that this is the second thing now that we've seen in upcoming gen that has that so it'll be interesting to see how that goes uh the next yeah, one absolutely. that just made me roll my eyes was outriders mm. um, that looked like fucking destiny at least by the trailer like you could play the Destiny Two trailer and play that side by side, and it to me was like, all right, someone convinced me this wasn't <laughs> like a Destiny Three that got scrapped and renamed. Like, I don't know, maybe it'll be good, but I was just like, okay, it's another Destiny, uh, sort of. Not that I don't like Destiny, but it just seems like this is like a blatant copy of it almost. Yeah, um, it kind kind of like along that lines. I mean, it's from Square Enix, so you know, completely different. And this could be uh, yeah. again the Hollywood double up. <laughs> maybe they'll do it right. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. But 
Uh, and then uh, Surgeon Simulator 2. Oh, my God. Again, like, again, half of the stuff on here was just, like, these weird tie-ins from, like, you know, the, the Sims Batu one and... Oh, what was the other? I don't know. There's several other things. This one really took the cake because they they teased the hell out of me. And like you know, I will I will testify testify to the fact that if I hear like five seconds worth of of like a theme thing, <laughs> I can call out exactly what soundtrack is being used. Yeah, him him and I both like yeah. <laughs> done this many many times. Like, like five seconds, like oh oh, that's Band of Brothers. Like, oh, like, 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 yeah. <laughs> And like they played the, the the intro, you know, theme to Back to the Future. I'm like, a Back to the Future game, and I got all excited. And then oh. it's like, and then like, you know, Dark, you know, uh, Chris Lloyd as Doc Brown comes on. I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna be something Back to the Future. And then it's like, and we're introducing Surgeon Simulator Two. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Why does this have to do with anything? <laughs> I'm sitting there in my chair going, if I just had half a stroke, Nick's dead on the floor. <laughs> what were you doing were, to me? Yeah, that's right. They were pressing all my nostalgia buttons. Like, come on, because I'm going to have the the old, uh, the telltale uh, uh, Back to the Future chapters. And like, those yep. were, those are hella fun. And, oh, they were great. Yeah. And then like, it's like Surgeon Slater. And, and they, I, I can only think the way they were pitching it was there's a doctor in Surgeon Simulator there's Doc Brown. He's a, he's, a, he's a doctor too. He can introduce it. It's like, oh my god! I was it was it was this weird like total cringe and like oh, face death so palm bad. at the same time. It's like, oh, and and not to take away from Surgeon Simulator, like that actually does look like a fun game. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like Is the tie. I don't think so. Uh, okay, but or at least if it is, it's multi. Uh, you know, you can do it on PC or you can maybe do it through okay. the headset. All right. No, it's just, it, it, I was looking at some video and I'm like, that looks like a VR game. That didn't yeah. Go yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, like the whole concept of the controls, like you're, you're able to control like one hand or something and, you know, you, yeah. you rotate it, you know, your mouse or whatever. Um, and it's a great party game. But yeah, just like the, the tie in of back, like, I don't get it. Like, where are you going with this? Like, like, I feel like the only people who would get that are you know older fans or yeah. you know they did make a like a rick and morty kind of mention at the very end it's like you know he's like i'm, I'm the doc brown and not the like from that other guy he's like i think that was a rick and morty you know <laughs> you're not tie but uh kind of like i don't know what do you call it snub maybe yeah i don't but, know but it's I, like who's gonna get this <laughs> like i'm sitting there going you just spent more to market this than you'll probably ever spend <laughs> selling the game. no right or than you'll probably <sighs> ever get selling the game but whatever so um, yeah let's well, say worst tie-in of the entire event was that one it was just so bad like and then not again, not taking anything away from Chris. He's amazing. Oh yeah. N like, nothing against Chris Lloyd or again, nothing against the, the like, two things. Like Sergio Samuel looks great. Chris Lloyd, like he's fantastic, but like whoever whoever came up with the idea to put the two together, they <laughs> they need to go. Like I can only imagine Chris Lloyd going, Why the fuck am I here? <laughs> um, Here's the money. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got it. Sign me up. That's right. Oh my god, but all right, uh, that will bring us to the end. We don't have any voicemails tonight, um, and we didn't. Uh, I didn't do a question of the bye week mainly because yeah, I, I think one. 
I figured the game's coverage would be pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good in depth, which it was. Um, I, instead of the game of the month, uh, we it was time to pick a new one. But what I'd really like to do for you know, I think almost everybody has Netflix these days. Um, let's you know, everybody listening, save pointers, anyone that has Netflix, let's all watch High Score over the next two weeks. That's a, a six episode series. I think they're each like a half hour, maybe forty minutes. I think it is just a half hour episode each. Um, and, like, let's take a watch, and I'll make a post in the save point. I'd really like to discuss this um, with, with you know, anybody that watches it. I mean, we all kind of grew up in this era, uh, and this is a big nostalgia button press, and there's just a lot of really, really amazing information. Some stuff I didn't know, you know, some stuff I did, just because I read a ton of this stuff. But it's it's really fun to watch. It's really well-produced. Uh, Richard Garriott just had some great airtime in episode three. It's just another, like, uh, I just want to chill with him. Like, Richard, I don't, I don't know if you listen. I get the feeling you might, which would be amazing. But I, I have some weird impressions that I, he might be sniping an episode here and there. I just want to hang out with you one day. Now let's just talk D&D and, you know, post-COVID world. We could even do a Zoom if you're available. It doesn't even have to be an interview. We could just, you know, shoot shit, talk games. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it's really, really well done. It's a lot of fun to watch. And if you grew up, especially if you're around the same age as Nick and I, and you've been playing, you know, games since the, you know, Atari or Nintendo era, you're going to have so much fun just watching this. Like the they interview all the names. Like they had an interview with the I think his name is John Kirby, like the guy that the lawyer that um <sighs> went to there was a lawyer for Nintendo that went to court over against Universal Studios uh, that sued Nintendo over Donkey Kong, saying it was copyright infringement. And um, and he wound up winning. And Nintendo loved him so much they made a character based on him, and that was Kirby, like Dreamland Kirby, uh, just like little shit like that. I didn't know that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, the 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 interviews they got with Miyamoto and and just. I mean, everybody, it's just amazing. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. So give it a watch. Um, I'd love to talk about it with you, Nick, and talk about it in the save point. So I'm going to I'm gonna start like an official discussion thread when we're done here, and we can all start talking about things we liked, things we didn't like, and we'll talk about it on the show uh, in two weeks. Other than that, let's move on to the conclusions, final thoughts, and shout-outs. Uh, obviously, a big shout-out to the fans. Everybody listening, we love you guys so much, and thanks to everybody that continues to get the word out. Retweets are, you know, little release blurbs and all that. We really do appreciate it, and appreciate all the feedback, and uh, just thank you for coming back every week, or every other week, and giving us a listen. We do appreciate it. Um, I do want to take a minute um, to give a quick, well, not quick, but a big thank you, shout out, and goodbye uh, to the podcast that we have been shouting out since our very first episode, uh, and that I've I made it a point to shout out ever since, because they were so kind to us when we were getting started. They were so happy to give us tips, uh, advice, and friendship. Uh, I'm I'm pals with all of them. Uh, they're just a really great bunch. But the Everyday Gamers officially released their last episode this week. Um, hanging up the mics, and they're you know doing different things in life now, and uh, the Everyday Gamers podcast is is officially, uh, you know, officially closed, officially defunct. And I'm, I'm sad to see them go uh, just because I really did enjoy them. Uh, they really were a big inspiration for me to, to 
that showed you can just have a really great podcast, just chilling out and talking video games with your friends and um, just being welcoming to everybody and being cool. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys. They gave us a really nice shout out in their goodbye episode as well. And I really do appreciate it. I appreciate your friendship with all you, Chris, Meef, and, and Eric, and all the crew over there that I, and the people that I've met through that show. You all have been really, really awesome. And I wish you all the best of luck. I can't wait to see what all y'all do next. Um, and thank you. Thank you for all your kindness uh, since we started almost three years ago now. Um, big shout out to the bad fodder figures. Uh, hope y'all are doing well. I'm loving their, the live element of the show. I always miss it and I keep listening to the, the audio replay. I will try to make it on Sunday and uh, hang out with those guys on their Twitch stream. Uh, shout out to Married to the Games and Tap the Craft. Uh, all those podcasts, great podcasts, great people. Go check them out. I enjoy the show. Uh, they're all great. Uh, Married to the Games is another group of gamer dads and just family folks and very cool, very friendly people. Uh, and just very funny. Very, very funny. And uh, very uh, kid-friendly, too, if you have kids. It's a great podcast to listen with your kids. Uh, if you want to hear some cool video game stuff, that's Married to the Games. Uh, bad fodder figures, they're more like us. We just say fuck every five seconds. Uh, at least I do. Nick's getting there. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tap the Craft is a great craft brewing podcast with Danny Luce and his crew. Um, it's great. Check it out if you're into craft brewing. Uh, different, you know, microbrew beers. They just their depth knowledge. And they make that concept, the, the, that, that subject matter, really fun to listen to. Just check them out. Finally, if you want to hang out with us uh, and you want to get involved in the discussion about high score, go to tiny.cc slash savepoint, join the, the book club for games, and we'll start talking about high score this week. Uh, you can email us, theretrorents at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at theretrorents, at retrorentsal, and Nick is at Black Eagle Ops. Um, we're all on Twitch under the same handles. And then finally, Nick, is there anything you want to promote or shout out that you're doing right now, aside from cruising the cut? <laughs> uh, again, check out Christopher Tin's album. Uh, totally awesome. And uh, yeah, check out to cruising the cut. The <laughs> yeah, to shiver the sky. All right. With that, we will close episode 63. Thank you all for listening. As always, if you enjoyed it, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those help us out a bunch to get the word out. Um, please, so please feel free to leave us a review there we'd really appreciate that and otherwise keep spreading the word keep sharing the links and we will catch you all next time so until then have fun play games and don't be dicks peace